2 Corinthians chapter 9. Now it is superfluous for me to write to you about the ministry for the saints. For I know your readiness, of which I boast about you, to the people of Macedonia, saying that Achaia has been ready since last year, and your zeal has stirred up most of them. But I am sending the brothers, so that our boasting about you may not prove empty in this matter, so that you may be ready, as I said to you, would as I said you would be. Otherwise, if some Macedonians come with me and find that you are not ready, we would be humiliated, to say nothing of you for being so confident. So I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to go on ahead to you and arrange in advance for the gift you have promised, so that it may be ready as a willing gift, not as an exaction. The point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, but for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. As it is written, He has distributed freely, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. By their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others, while they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God upon you. Thanks be to God, for his inexpressible gift. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, so we got the famous, the Lord loves a cheerful giver passage. Um, And basically what's happening in today's passage, if you're struggling to follow along, is the the Corinthian church has promised a very generous gift um, to the people of Macedonia, uh, their brothers. And brothers and sisters. And so, um, you know, basically Paul is kind of given like a little pump up speech about, Hey, we've been boasting about, you know, God's work in you, um, and the wisdom and maturity and generosity, blah, blah, blah. Don't make us look like idiots. (laughs) And so, you know, and and he's encouraging them to follow through, you know, this is fun and this is not like supposed to be a plug at all, but this does make me think about, um, with our, our, pursue our place campaign and uh, basically like our building fund. Um, you know, we had like our pledge period back when we were raising funds to buy the building. And now, you know, we're actually like paying it off. And one of the things that we as a church are chasing down is like, there's a huge, uh, gap between what people pledged, uh, to be able to give, and, you know, now we're kind of trying to make good on those pledges. Mm-hmm. And it, it's funny. And, you know, I, I kind of relate to this because I am the type of person who I get really excited and zealous about things like in the moment. Um, and sometimes I need some good encouragement to follow through on, you know, commitments that I make in a moment of zeal. And so, you know, it's like Paul is, is he kind of sees this in the church of Corinth of, you know, you, you've promised this generosity 
And, uh, you know, now it's time to sow sparingly. It's time to um, sow sparingly and you will reap sparingly. And to be to be joyful in it, to find mm-hmm. joy in it, to not be reluctant, um, to not find pain in this. And so, Brad, what are your mm-hmm. thoughts on uh, on this awesome passage? Well, what a great passage. Um, I think the first part of the, the passage kind of leads us into this idea. I guess the word I would use is like integrity. Mm. Like I think Will was saying like we, we've committed to something and, and then integrity would say like being, you know, okay, let's follow through on that. Let's not flake out. Let's not just say words mm-hmm. and then like, okay, that's not important what totally. I just committed to. So, so I think that's what I see in the, in the first part of that. And it ends by saying, you know, you know, arrange for the advance in advance for the gift you have promised so that it may be ready as a willing gift, not as an exaction. Mm. So a, a good example I can think of is like when we, we say we commit, like I commit in spirit to like paying my taxes <laughs> every year. Like I'm supposed to do that, but, but am I looking, I, 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 but that's kind of like, that's what a law says that I have to pay based on this. I have to, it's like more of an exaction, yeah. if you will. Like, I can act stingy about that. Like, matter yeah. of fact, there's people making lots of money in a profession. There are tax accountants who are trying to minimize yeah. <laughs> people's taxes. Yeah. So I hope I'm not looking at, at the giving as in that sort of sense. Maybe that's an exaggeration yeah, that's a great, example. No, that's like, a great example. But am I actually looking forward to seeing this being used to continue the work of God, whatever that might be, whether it's a ministry coming through a building or in this uh, case, meeting uh, poverty, you know, needs of people who are, uh, who are, you know, struggling, right? Just to keep basic mm. uh, needs met. So, so I think spiritual authority it can be at stake if you are claiming one thing but then don't follow through with uh, integrity. So, mm. um, so I would say this is one of those things where the gospel, you know, I think we said in the previous. Uh, chapter it, it should really change and flow through everything in our life and so i think one of the things that i see him talking about here is integrity it should flow through to make us people like that absolutely i love this agriculture image that he uses like basically our generosity is like seeds you know and if we if we throw it out or, or you know in a way like our money is like seeds and um i think that's a good image because you know in a seed there's like potential there's value, there's, you know, all stuff, but you can also waste, um, seed and, um, you know, like you can throw it on the rocks or whatever. And so in the same way, when we go out and, and, you know, sow sparingly and, you know, keep the seed in the bag, then, uh, then there's going to be a small harvest. Um, but if we sow bountifully, we will reap bountifully. And then I love, he goes into, and then, you know, he talks about not giving under compulsion or re- under reluctance because God loves a cheerful giver. But then I love, he gets into this cyclical idea of generosity, which is that God loves generosity and therefore he empowers it and, you know, he sustains it. And so, you know, that, that God, he is able to make all grace abound mm. so that having all sufficiency and all things you may abound in every good work. And, you know, then he, he talks about how God, God supplies the seed to the sower, and the bread for food. He, he will also supply and multiply 
your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. And obviously he's pointing that back to this idea of wealth and generosity. And, um, you know, he, he, he points this all back to God as sovereign. And I think that's important because how could you possibly be bold or joyful in generosity if you don't trust God as provider? But if you do trust God as provider, um, then it's actually easier to grow into that. And, you know, it, that, that sort of dynamic that Paul is teaching through here, it reminds me of the Sermon on the Mount. Um, mm-hmm. And so if I walk through a few of these sections really quickly, we have retaliation, uh, you know, just going by headings, retaliation in chapter five, basically Jesus saying, um, you know, if somebody steals your tunic, then let them have your cloak also. Um, we have this love your enemies. So, you know, kind of expanding on that more broadly, don't hate your enemies, but actually pray for them. We have this giving to the needy passage in the beginning of chapter six. So, um, you know, always be giving, give in secret, uh, give to everyone who asks of you. We have the Lord's prayer, which is basically only ask for daily bread and let the Lord take care of the rest. Um, you know, then we have this passage on fasting. Then we have this big passage on lay up treasures in heaven, um, where Jesus is saying, don't lay up for yourself treasures on earth that are going to rot one day, but lay up treasures in heaven. And it's easy to get through all that and be like, holy crap. Like, how can I, you know, how can we live this way? This is lunacy. Like it's, it's too radical. And then he has this passage you know, chapters 25 through 34 of Matthew 6. Therefore, I tell you, don't be anxious. Therefore, because of all of this that I've just told you, don't be anxious about your life, what you'll eat, what you'll drink, nor about your body or what you'll put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither reap nor gather into barns, but your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value? than they. Um, and, you know, he continues to go on through this beautiful, beautiful passage. And I think it's important to re- remember that this passage is in light contextually of this call towards this radical self-abandoning life and like a life of generosity, a life of loving your enemies. That's what Paul is hitting on here too. And, you know, we, we cannot be cl- quick to claim the promises of God um, without claiming the cost of following mm, him. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, it's easy to love like the end of Matthew 6, but to not actually live into Matthew 5 and 6. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that that is essentially the same thing that Paul is saying here, that, you know, God is a God of enrichment. He's a God of abundance, but he, he longs to see that abundance flow through us and out into the world. And, mm not to end with us. And if it does end with us, um, then, you know, he, he will discipline us and, you know, he, or he will work abundantly through other people. So I don't know if you have any other thoughts. Sorry for this. Well, and I, and I would say, yeah, no, that's, that's beautiful. Um, yeah. It's kind of like the, like one could look at like the idea of the prosperity gospel where mm-hmm. like giving is for, you it's not i think it's a totally different sense like mm. if you're giving to get something where you're you feel like this is going to guarantee you perfect health and mm-hmm. and all those things that i think you're missing 
it's much more than that. Like mm-hmm. satisfaction with the kingdom and what what it feels like to be a child of God and and uh, and the, the the spiritual benefits and just that come with that. And mm-hmm. I think that's a totally different and heretical uh, teaching the prosperity gospel. And and on the flip side, though, most of us unfortunately rather than expecting too much <laughs> um, from this way of living, we, we actually probably expect too little. You know, mm-hmm. I think we're, we get worried that if we do, you know, give this, give something away or, or, mm-hmm. or what have you, that we, that I think we live as if that we're uncertain yeah. of the promises um, of, of a life with, with Christ. And I think that's why in all these passages, you see the body of Christ, like being part of, Mm. his grace to us to to meet needs and i think we don't trust in the fullness of the word like the what he's actually given us to practically how he works mm-hmm. right and that's why in chapter eight you know we if somebody has more they help with someone who doesn't you know we should never let you know the least uh people that should be worried about not having the basic things of, of life or people that like our church fellow church members mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and so I just think this this is a this is a totally different way of of living that the gospel uh, calls us to. And I, and I yeah, the question I, I come back to I was reading uh, reflecting on this passage and are we giving like what's the look on our face when we're when mm-hmm. we are like using our wealth and our mm-hmm. and our resource? Is it do we have like a grin on our face like it? Man, I get to do this like this is this is awesome. Or am I kind of like reluctantly sort of just you mm. know it's automatically coming out of my bank account each month i don't think about it ever and mm-hmm. you know or is this i get to be part of this right i'm yeah. sewing um anyway and i think there's a great finish to this passage about the last section of night uh, 10 through 15 where it's just this multiplying of all these graces mm, and generosity absolutely. and thanksgivings happening which i think ties back to the part of what it means to reap bountifully. Like, I think this all fits together with that agricultural metaphor. Just yeah. when people are giving and seeing other people giving, it just has this, and then people are receiving the gifts yeah. from people that are following the Lord's will in that area. I think it just multiplies all of this. And we start to, to look like the kingdom people that, that will discuss from the Sermon on the Mount a few minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I love to, and I think one of the core things of generosity, like the core tenets, is, you know, in the way that Paul's talking about wealth and money here, it's it's very much centered around, the language is centered around gift, grace, you know, like God giving, you know, X. And, you know, uh, we, we've talked about this a decent amount, but Corinth, very similar mm. culture to Atlanta, in a lot of ways and very um, industry and merit driven and you know who do you know what do you have what do you do and um, our our default view of money is this is what I've earned because of what I do and the biblical view of money is this is what God has given Absolutely. for me because he cares about me and uh, you know this is what God has entrusted to me to be faithful with and generosity, you know, when like biblically practicing generosity is saying, this is what God has given me. And so I'm going to, you know, 
I'm going to take what I need and then leverage the rest yeah. for the kingdom of God. Yeah. Stewardship is the word that it keeps. Exactly. He's given us this. How can I best take care of this and glorify exactly. him and have the, the be Christ, you know, become more and more. I think he uses these, these behaviors. We become more Christ-like because as we read in chapter eight, he who was mm-hmm. rich became poor for our sake. Exactly. So it's, and it's relabeling it as exactly. these are God's riches um, at Christ's expense towards me uh, that I'm now going to, you know, steward unto the mm-hmm. church. So a great word from Second Corinthians 9 today um, to not give under reluctance or compulsion, but, um, you know, out of joy. So for Brad Smith, this is Will Carlisle, and we'll see you tomorrow on our Daily Rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.